I literally have nothing to say. <laughs> I tr- <laughs> Which everyone who knows me is like, wow, yeah. <laughs> you're quiet. But like every time we start an episode, I never think about it before. Well, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I just like say stuff, but yeah. I have nothing to say, which worries me for this episode. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. <laughs> am, I good? am I okay? No. I just feel my head. She's had a rough morning. <laughs> up everyone welcome back to the podcast Hello. this is ashley speaking that over there is taryn. taryn she's had a rough morning it's monday and we're here together obviously yeah. with yeah. you guys um as you guys know this is the podcast where we advise you yes if you haven't been here before welcome welcome mm-hmm. to the family um <laughs> be sure to subscribe like rate review the pod and um yeah check out our youtube because we have we have this on youtube as well yes um I'm sorry for my parents today. I it's not that I had a rough morning. I just could not get up. It but was it, it was so Taryn and I we come into the studio and our plan normally is to leave at 9:30 which gives us plenty of time to stop, grab a coffee and and get to the studio on time, mm-hmm. which all by the way, we got here like right on time. Yeah. Um but yeah. it was like 9:15 and I had I had already gone to the gym, come back, worked out, had breakfast. Okay. I walk past Taryn's room and the lights out. I can always check. I can always tell by under the door. Yeah. So I was like, uh oh. So I text her. It's like nine fifteen. I'm like, hey, you up? And I she, said, I hear, I get yup, uh, yup, yup. Yep. And I was like, okay. Should yeah. I put in the coffee order? And then she comes downstairs. She's like, yup, <laughs> yup. You know, I like I worry from. I worry for myself when I become a mom because you know how like moms, it's like you see those mom TikToks where like they're making fun of the moms who always look so put together because mm-hmm. they're like, this is how I look when I drop them off for school. Yeah. I I feel like, because this morning I had to choose between either feeding my son, Charles, who's a dog, <laughs> and looking somewhat presentable right. and I, I didn't have time. Yeah. So like- I had to sacrifice and Mom life. make sure I fed my dog and got him outside. Uh-huh. And I look like a turd. But it's fine <laughs> because it doesn't matter because you came here for my sparkling personality. personality. Yeah. That's why they're all here. Which, that's what I'm going to tell all the guys. <laughs> be like, I might look rough, but I sparkle on the inside. And I will keep your life entertained. Always. What more do you want? Honestly. Honestly. Think about Package it. Package deal. That's what COVID, I feel like, did to most couples. Like... They were like, wow, I like looking at you, but now that I'm stuck with you 24-7, like, I don't like you <laughs> as a person. <laughs> we need some distance, yeah, some yeah. separation. <laughs> um, can we talk about our super fun weekend this weekend? Yeah. Um, Taryn had her third birthday party. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, I only was supposed to have one, but then it was, it got pushed back, like, Month, like over a month past when like my birthday was yeah so it it was just like but then my friends are like great and we're like well we can't just like not do anything for your actual On birthday. Your birthday yeah so yeah it was so I've never really thrown myself like a party party and my sister-in-law who is literally like my spirit animal we were talking about it and she was like literally same like I always wanted to have like 
a 90s party and I was like, oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. my dream party. So we decided to like go in on it and it was great because we have a pretty fluid friend group. Like my group of friends, she knows pretty much all of them. I know her group of friends. And then I invited like a couple like old school friends from like back in the day too. Mm-hmm. And we rented out a space. So it was just us and like our people and yes. like we were able to like open the door so there was fresh air we were safe but we got a DJ and just decorated 90s and like like full 90s just danced with like our group of friends and it was so I've literally I haven't danced like that and been able to just like have fun like that in so long and there's something about and Guys, you guys are going to be so proud. I was a dancing machine she was. Saturday I have a video night. Proof. I have video and proof. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were all people that I knew. Yeah. And there weren't like, um, and I, I mean, I, I know you're going to get what I say. Yeah. What I, what I, what? I know you're going to you get what I mean when I say this. Yes. There weren't any like male prospects. Yeah, like you so don't because, go there to find a guy. Because I wasn't yeah. trying to like mm-hmm. find a guy to hook up with or dance with or whatever, it freed me. <laughs> to just have fun. To just freaking be the dancing machine yes. that is inside of me that is always hard to pull out. But you know what I think it also was? Like you were a character. Yes. Like you came in a costume, you were dressed yes. up, you had your freaking ring pop in hand oh. and were just like a 90s queen and it was it was yeah. glorious. Which... which Brings me to the next thing. Every party should be themed. Yeah. This weekend proved to me, like, we should have wig parties. We should have 80s parties. Every party we do should have some kind of theme so that everyone dresses up. Because I had a blast putting my outfit together. Yeah. Yeah. It was so much. We'll post some pictures on UA just showing. It it just, it it was the best night. But poor planning on my part. Because that morning of the party and the morning after... I had to go help with an estate sale for my grandpa, and I had to leave the house at five. Oof, so uh, I was not, I was not living well the next day, but it's okay. Which I've brings us kind to this of, morning, which is why I think I'm just still tired. Yeah, but yeah, it was so much fun. I have, so much fun. I have a funny story. So um, on Saturday, Taryn's '90s party, um, like she said, it was completely decorated '90s. There was a whole like. Um, candy bar and it had ring pops and push pops and fun dip and like all the candy that I yeah, grew, yeah, we yeah. grew up with you know <laughs> um, so I obviously I haven't seen a ring pop in freak like years yes so they're I, so good did you I, forget how I good had they are? two yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went blue raspberry because obviously which um made my mouth extremely blue for Same. every photo that I'm in Same. <laughs> and there's a lot and <laughs> my mouth is wide open <laughs> it looked like a little blue mouth alien yeah. um but, but do you remember when you used to think that was like cool oh yeah like, I used to purposely like, oh, try to I'm, I'm yeah. cute and I would always I would always try to do red because I felt like it was like lipstick yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just thoughts lick the lips a little <laughs> yeah. try to like stain them <laughs> um and she even had um temporary tattoos so there was a whole table in the bathroom where you could go and yeah. put tattoos on each other i went all out people <laughs> she really did <laughs> and um me and my friend ashley because there's we are both named ashley um went and put tattoos on each other and i was like oh i don't know which one i want yeah and then i look and there's this little troll like the troll <laughs> dolls and i haven't seen one of those in forever it made eye contact with me it was kind of flirting with me and i was like i gotta this i gotta it. and this she was like it. where do you want it and i was like tramp stamp me so yep. she put it on my lower back. Guys, I had a date the next day. <laughs> Wait, was it showing? 
Wait, did you acknowledge it beforehand? Stop it. <laughs> I, so like I pull, he had been, he was in his car. He was waiting for me. I pull up right next to his car and we both get out at the same time. I don't even make it around my car. And he's like, what is that? And I was I was I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, what is what? And he like turns me around and like lifts up my shirt slightly to see the troll. And I was like, how in the world did you spot that? And he was like, I saw it the second you got out of the car. And I was like, was it that, that obvious? And um, I ended up having to like explain the whole situation. Also, this morning, it's kind of worn off. <laughs> It looks a little bit rough. But I was working out this morning, and one of the trainers was like, is that, is that a troll on your back? And I was like, yes. You know what? You should just get it <laughs> yeah. real, because that I, would be great. I feel like it, because it's, um, it's been a hit with everyone who yeah. has, has oh, seen it Oh, it's a great far. talking point. Yeah. Great talking point. I even put it on my stories and the amount of DMs that were like, this is iconic. Let's bring back Let's tramp stamps. And trolls. Yeah. <laughs> troll tattoos and tramp stamps. Moral yes. of the story. Yes, yes, yes. Get a troll tattoo. So that was our weekend. I hope all of you listening had a great weekend too. Uh And uh, should we like, you know, get into what we do (laughs) or just keep talking? Um, Yes, I have a tearing it up for us. Taryn, do you want to break down what a tearing it up is? Yes. So a tearing it up is basically a community where we talk (laughs) about, (laughs) where we talk about the embarrassing, unfortunate things that happen in our lives that, um, you know, we're we're sacrificing our embarrassment, mm-hmm. embarrassment, humility, or, pride, or pride, whatever, to uh, bring joy, yeah, to those around us. And by embarrassing stories, by our embarrassing stories, we mean your embarrassing stories. Oh, we've um, shared enough. Of ours, so <laughs> Taryn has yeah. shared enough of hers. Yeah, <laughs> this one is titled "A Hop, Skip, and a Trip." A oh, tearing no. it up. Oh no. Um, so let's dive on into it. Hi guys, it's Lauren, and I'm an Enneagram Type Seven. So she's the in, like adventurous, yes. enthusiast, life of the party, of the party mm-hmm. outgoing person. Um, so a few weeks ago, I was visiting my brother in Chicago. He lives in a loft type apartment. So his living room is downstairs and his bedroom and bathroom are upstairs. Anyways, after a long day going to the baseball game and seeing the town, we went back to his apartment and went straight to bed. I was sleeping on the couch and woke up from sweating and also had to use the bathroom. On my way back down to go back to bed, I took one step and flew down the entire staircase. My first reaction was to do the the sign of the cross and to see if I woke my brother up, which I didn't. But on a positive note, I never got down the stairs quicker. (laughs) Oh my gosh, is she alive I mean, I don't, I would love to know more about the stairs like did she <laughs> did she go down the entire staircase i don't know um i'll leave you with the lessons i learned while fall, falling down the stairs one never wear socks to bed it adds less traction during the trip which happened to me recently remember you wear socks in bed no no no, no. going down the stairs in socks oh yeah so she wore socks to bed and slipped on yeah. the staircase and that happened to me recently and Terrence saw the whole thing and i made eye contact with her it was during the very whole thing impressive how you didn't die like yeah. you, you landed perfectly it was weird it was scary it was weird two don't count on your brother to wake up and make sure you're alive he's a hefty sleeper Three, buy hallway nightlights. <laughs> Just in general. We have we have nightlights yeah. um, because... You never know. You know, 
biggest fear is probably the dark for me. So yeah, <laughs> our whole house is lit up at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, I hope this made you laugh. Thank you for reading. I hope you have the best week ever. Thanks, Lauren. So good. I dude, it's falling. I've fallen up the stairs before. That was an interesting one. And then I've fallen down the stairs a few times. But luckily, like, I've never full-blown, like, rolled down the stairs. Yeah. Like, the w- one time in Vegas, it was really bad. And <laughs> my crush was walking in front of me. And my, I don't know what happened, but my heels, for I just don't mesh well with heels. My heels, like, something happened, and I ended up, so my legs bent. So I slid down on my shins holding the rail. No. So it was like, do, 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 you know, going down. And then I just remember I barely, like, I flipped my hair and stood back up. And then my crush turned around and looked at me. And I just kind of froze. And then he was like, did you just fall down the stairs? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And then I just started, like, crying because yeah. my shins had, like, no skin left on them. Right. But, oh, yeah, my God. it's brutal. Have now, you? No, I've never fallen down that way. I have fallen back on the stairs. Um, This happened. Back? Like, oh, I like fell backwards. Oh, okay, okay. Um, like, my feet slipped out from underneath me because socks Ooh, and tailbone i have uh we have wooden stairs and so if you wear socks and i'm i'm especially in the colder times i always have like fuzzy socks on um are you like running down them no i took i simply took a step and i had bags in my hand Mm. and i my feet just slipped out from in front of me and um yeah i landed back on my tailbone and it was sore for like yeah, that's no joke. Two to three weeks because it, yeah. it just, I just happened to hit it just right. And falling on the stairs is it's honestly, brutal. it's dangerous. You gotta it's be careful. Brutal. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that. Everyone <laughs> who's fallen down the stairs, we see you. We see you. We're we hear you. you. We We're with you. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. If you guys have not heard of Book of the Month, where have you been hiding? Me and Ash are both on the journey of trying to be readers. She's definitely there. I'm on my baby steps way there. So obviously we were so pumped to partner with Book of the Month because their mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. And guys, they literally make it so easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick the five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you cannot go wrong. And they offer great prices on new release hardcover fiction, much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free and it's super fun. Books are delivered in a bright blue box, a fun app to pick your book and track reading process is available, and they have reading challenges with rewards. My December read was so epic. It was called Butcher and Blackbird. And let me just read the little sentence they give you that totally sold me. Serial killers need love too. Don't take our word for it. Read this biting, steamy, and edgy murderers to lovers tale. Like, come on. Like, it totally sold me. If you guys would like to check out Book of the Month, just head on over to bookofthemonth.com to pick a book and join Book of the Month. For a limited time, you can join and get the first book for just $5. Just use code unsolicited. Again, that's bookofthemonth.com, code unsolicited. Happy reading. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get into mine. Let's do it. 
Okay, so this one is called, am I a sociopath or am I just becoming my husband? <laughs> Which like, <laughs> I'm concerned for like multiple areas. Yeah, is your husband a sociopath? Dude, sociopaths? Well, mm-hmm. psychopaths. Like, they terrify Wait, which one are we talking about? I mean, okay. Like, I, I mean. Obviously psychopaths. Sociopaths are scary too, like obviously. But when the last time I I was I was just listening to a recent episode I don't remember which one but they were talking about how this guy was like a psychopath and then like you think about all the stuff you've heard about him and you're just like like the fact that you could do things and not feel any type of remorse like basically all the good decisions good decisions I make are because one I want to do the right thing Mm -hmm. but also there's that fear of getting in trouble hurting someone else whatever like imagine not having that compass at all oh everything's an option oh my gosh it's so scary hell no yeah Mm -mm. which I know I know you're not serious about being a sociopath in this but still it just brought up some things wait can I can I every crime junkie out there knows Yes. Since we're talking about this, um, our Halloween series is coming up. Yes. Our October Great series segue. is coming up since we're talking about sociopaths yeah. and psychopaths. Yeah. Um, y'all already know we go hard for October. Every single episode in October is going to be a scary story season. So if you have a scary story that you've experienced or you know someone who has had a scary story or situation happen to them, please get it down on paper. And send it to us because we need to hear it. Yes. Um, we very much love the spooky season and we're going to go all out. And if you haven't listened to our October series yet, uh, we have two. And you it's, you need to listen to them. You should binge them prior to this coming October so that we agree. can experience our third season together. I fully As agree. a community. Yes, you know? I fully agree. Cool. Fully agree. Just wanted to throw that out there. You can continue now, Taryn. <sighs> okay. But now I'm like all like, let's, talk, like, let's talk about this. Murder. Okay. <laughs> all right. She says, hey, hotties, I would like to stay anonymous. <sighs> also, you know, thank you for calling me hot because... <laughs> I just don't feel hot today. We really need that today. So, like, I appreciate it. Anyways, okay. Hey, hotties, I would like to stay anonymous because I'm not exactly proud of what I am admitting to in this message. Oh. I have been a listener since the beginning, and although mm. my life is ever-changing, my loyalty to the pod stays the same. Queen, <laughs> we love you. Okay. All right. I'm 29 years old, and I'm a stay-at-home mom to a <laughs> nine-month-old. Old. I was just about to be like, hey, me too. No, I'm not. I'm 31. <laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Um, <laughs> while Ash continues to have. <laughs> I've lost all track of time this COVID season. Anyways, yeah. continue. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. You were 29 one time before. <laughs> so, <laughs> same. Okay. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom to a nine-month-old little boy. Y'all, I am so obsessed with this baby. I highly suggest having a mama's boy. Um, my life is pretty basic. She put PB pun intended. Oh, nice. Pretty basic. Um, and it goes like this. I'm an Enneagram 5. I live in the same town I've always been in, which is a very small town in NorCal. 
I have the same friends since high school, and my family lives just five minutes away. My husband, who is pretty quiet and standoffish and is an Enneagram 9, Ash, hello, works for a very big company and makes great money, which allows me to stay home with my baby. This is great for me because I suffer from postpartum anxiety and leaving him is extremely hard for me. While I absolutely love being his mom, I have found that I don't really have an identity of my own anymore. I have nothing to say when I see my friends because our lives are so different. And to be honest, I just don't care what's going on with anyone else. I don't feel emotionally connected to anyone but my husband anymore. And I can't remember the last time I truly cared that someone else was having a hard time. That sounds awful, right? I feel so emotionally disconnected that I'm afraid I'm turning into such a selfish person. I was always pretty social, and I'm wondering if my husband's lack of socialization skills have rubbed off on me, or if I'm actually suffering from some type of mental break. And to answer your question, yes, I have tried therapy. Something to note about me is I hate when the attention is on me, especially negative. I know it's their job, but I can't imagine that a therapist actually cares to hear my problems, and therefore I often minimize my issues. I just don't think spending a chunk of money on therapy is the best option for me. So please, tell it to me straight. Am I a sociopath? (laughs) (laughs) I love love that ending because I'm like that too where I'm like, is something wrong with me? Just is, tell me. Just, I just, I'd rather Don't know. Don't sugarcoat I'd it. I'd rather know and work with this. Let me know. Yeah. That's funny because she is an Enneagram 5, which is like the researcher, like the questionnaire yes. that has to like know every, read yes. every article on every subject before like, you know, yeah. handling something. It's funny. I always tell people like the fact that you're writing in and you're asking questions just proves right off the bat that mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. And, um, I remember too, like when I was little, I was so afraid that I wasn't saying the prayer right to become a Christian. (laughs) So every Sunday, every time anyone said, if you want to become a Christian, raise your hand, I would say the prayer over and over because I wasn't convinced. Yeah. And then I remember um, when I got older, I had a teacher and they told me, they were like, the fact that you're worried that you didn't do it right shows that like, You are like your heart is in the right place. Like it's something that you desire. And so that statement helped me a lot to be like, sometimes when we focus so much on something, it shows that our heart is wanting Mm -hmm. that area to be right. Yeah. And it kind of should be validation in itself. But I have so many things to say about this. Oh, pop off. But do you want to start on it? Go for it. Can we do, okay, I know that you said like therapy's not for you and I that's why I just want to, let's just get this out of the way mm. because obviously like big therapy fans over yes, here. Yes, huge. I think something that like, because I studied, I went to school to be a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can I can speak on the mentality of it and I really think that you have the wrong idea of what a therapist's role is and it's first of all, it's not negative attention. Mm-mm. Like anything you go in and say, a therapist is the one person that is never going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe she's doing that. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a completely different mentality. It's it's much more of a, you, you go into it, any sessions that I did when I was like doing my practice hours, you go into it and 
you first of all like you empathize with people but second you're very much like thinking about what they're saying and then thinking about strategies and different things that you can ask or suggest to help just process it you're never going in trying to be like oh there something's wrong with them and I'm gonna fix them it's very much like how can I partner with them to like find ways to like take steps forward so I don't know if that would help you, but I think you're thinking about it wrong. Like, mm. I mean, we even, I mean, we discussed like freaking really intense subjects, like even like bestiality and talked about like, what is like the core of it? Like what are steps we can take? And it's not, even though, yeah, like as a person separate, I have my own views and things that I think of and reactions I would have towards certain things. But when I'm sitting with someone, I'm thinking straight up like, how can I like what how can we get to the bottom of this area? Like mm -hmm. it's not it's not it's not it's not in the way that I think that you're thinking about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's very much like strategy. So I, I just want to throw that out there because I think that like. I don't know. I think therapy has like a bad rep sometimes yeah I you think it's I mean? becoming way more open and talked about now yeah but I do think typically there's this kind of like like background understanding of like what it is mm -hmm. that people don't fully yeah people don't fully understand like I have I've been in therapy for a while now and um I very much consider her to be a like partner yeah in, in life um, and, and I, what, what I mean when I say that is it doesn't matter what the situation is. It could be very heavy and serious, or it could be very lighthearted, or it could be about a guy that I went out with for the first time, like the other day. Um, it could be about a friendship thing or a family yeah. thing. Um, I'll just be like, here's what I'm going through. Here's how I feel. What do I do about it? And then me and her literally brainstorm yeah. and come up with a plan of attack. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be. I think people think like you have to be in a sick state mm -hmm. to need a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've been in sick states, but like yeah. <laughs> currently I feel like I'm in a good place. Yeah. Um, and I still very much like I love bringing like my daily stuff to her yeah. and making a plan. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very helpful. Yeah. And like we talk about all the time, find like if you're very much like I don't like negative attention, mm -hmm. find someone who's super like non-emotional. Like my therapist right now is very just stripped, straightforward. Like she'll just be like, I notice you got emotional. Like why? Why, why? did you get emotional? Yeah. She's not sitting there being like, oh, I see that this is hard for you. You know what I mean? So like I couldn't handle the. Which I thought I would heavy want. Heavy emotion. Yes. Yeah. So I wouldn't like I'm just either. saying like you should. Yeah, like find like the thing that works for you. Taryn worded it perfectly, which you've probably heard since you've been listening for a while. At the beginning of this podcast, she said that finding the right therapist is like finding like the perfect pair of shoes. Like just because it fits doesn't mean it's the perfect fit. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes a lot of tries until yeah. you find someone that actually you actually click with. And I think once you find someone that you click with, you'll find that partner yes. who you'll feel comfortable opening up and, and sharing heavy things, lighthearted yeah, things with. Fully. Um, also, okay, so that's just, a, which, if you're still like, nah, it's not for me, do your thing, girl. Do we each thing. have to do what's right for us, but. Listen to us Just more. wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to change your life. We'll I'm fill that kidding. void. Yeah. <laughs> we volunteer. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that something happens when you become a mom 
that your your wants, your needs, your priorities don't it's not that they don't matter, but they just don't they're not at the top anymore. Yeah. And I've watched this with friends. I watched my sister-in-law struggle with finding that balance of like, no, my life is different and I, he comes first no matter what. So I think that that is a big shift and I think that it would be scary if your focus wasn't on your child. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think that that's a good thing. However, I do think you have to keep your identity as well because I think that when kids get older and they start to grow, like everything between zero and five, and I'm going to enter into my child development hat. Dive in, Taryn. Um kids are looking to the adults in their life to know how to feel, how to form certain, you know, beliefs, whatever. Like, even stuff like um, anxiety, right? Like, I have anxiety because of what I see and it freaks me out. So then I go internally and I start to have anxiety. If a stressful situation happens with a kid, they look to an adult to see how they're reacting to know whether they are safe or not. So that's why a lot of times, like even as a teacher, like when we'd have certain things like fire drills or whatever, I would over the top make my demeanor very calm so I could bring the anxiety of the kids down Mm -hmm. so that I could get them to duck and cover or like whatever the drill was. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that as as your your kid is growing, they're going to need to look to you and your husband to start to form their likes, to form their personality traits, to form different things about them. And so I think it's like helpful for them to know what type of person you are. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think it also is healthy for you to have that balance because someday like kids grow up and they go off. And then I think that's when a lot of parents struggle and have you know, either marital issues or just an identity thing is because they're like, okay, I don't have my kid anymore. Not Mm -hmm. that you don't have them, but you know what I mean? And they're like, who am I? Like without my kid, you know? Yeah. Um, I obviously don't have children. So (laughs) we have dog children. Can't relate to that aspect in any way, but I have had a lot of friends that have had kids now um, and they've vented very similar things um, and expressed very similar struggles. Um, It is like Taryn said, it's just so natural to put your kid first. Like, of course, that's what's going to be prioritized or what should be prioritized. Um, but I do think there is this. Um, I don't know. I'm going to try to clearly articulate yeah. you this. You got this, girl. I'm so bad at this. I'll translate. If, Thank if you. Needed. I appreciate yes, that, Terrence. Everyone, get of yourself a Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do think that. And this is, again, coming from an outsider's perspective. I do think that there is this misunderstanding that to be a parent, you have to be 100% in every way Mm -hmm. self-sacrificial. And I see see where that stems from. And I think that's a beautiful thing to to forget oneself and to prioritize another human being. I do think that is necessary to a degree to be a parent. However, I agree with Taryn. I think you have to hold on to who you are, like at your core. And do things for yourself as well. Otherwise, you'll lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And you will only identify slash find um, joy and fulfillment in 
another human being. And it doesn't matter if it's your kid or your husband mm-hmm. or your or your family member or friend. That's not healthy yeah. because that human being eventually is going to let you down or leave you um, or do something that is going to very much affect you because you've you've thrown everything yeah. into that one person. Oh, fully. So I do think you need to hold on to a piece of you and it doesn't matter what it is, but you need to figure out what that is. So maybe yeah. right now take this season as a time to like try a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're into. For me, mine has always been working out. It's going to be hard when I have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be really hard and it's going to be a rough transition and Taryn's going to have to help me <laughs> get through that. Um, but that's my thing. Maybe yours is meditation or walks or coffee dates with a friend mm-hmm. once a week. Once you figure out what your thing is, you're going to need to voice that to your husband and be like, hey, I love my kid. I love you. I love prioritizing this family, but I need something for me so that I feel like I'm still me. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll be, you know, he needs to be supportive of that. So once you figure out what that is, you're like, hey, once a week, I'm going to go meet my friend for coffee for an hour. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. And I'm going to be good. And then as best as you can, prioritize that one hour for you, you know, whatever it is. And then maybe, maybe you can do more. The older the kid gets and doesn't yeah. need you as much, maybe you could do a couple coffees or like walks by yourself. It doesn't matter what it is. Just figure out what it is and prioritize that fully one thing for you. And I think that's going to help a lot. Yeah. Oh, she articulated that. Oh, Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. I'm really bad. No, I, no you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. I, like after my brain, I think what it is, is I know what I want to say, but there's 10 things I want to say and it jumbles. And yes. so then I panic because I don't know like how I'm going to what my plan of attack is so yeah no you did great thank you I I totally agree and I think I think like I mean obviously all of this is advice for like when you break out of that like I don't even have the desire to and I think one of the things I've noticed with myself is I can very easily get in certain ruts in areas of life where I kind of like I submerge myself in this area and then I forget about everything else and whatever because life is so busy and chaotic in general I can't even imagine when you add the chaos and like the full focus of being a mother on top of that but I would try to just like force yourself to do something to see if it sparks up that it like wakes up that other side of you like you said yeah you said you used to be social but now you're having a hard time so maybe like prioritize like Ash was saying like hey like I'm gonna go just get coffee with a friend keep it short and sweet not too long yeah like you can say like hey I have a half hour like whatever um and then just see how you feel also like I think the the whole um I don't care about my friend's problems. I think that like sometimes, and I know Ash can speak to this more because <laughs> you're better at like detaching than mm-hmm. I am. Sometimes there's a mentality shift that needs to happen where you are like, okay, even though I genuinely don't care, I still can like, be present and listen and even though this is torture for me me being there for a person is a genuine act because I'm like prioritizing what they need or feel in this moment yeah and and 
I think that's hard for people who are like, well, if I genuinely don't want to listen to their problems, why would I do it? But I think it comes with like just pushing forward and being a friend and doing acts, even when you're like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think in situations like that, because I, I'm going to say it, I struggle with that a lot because I'll be like, in my head, a lot of the times, and this is going to sound so freaking cocky, (laughs) but I know what they should do. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the answer. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it because this is the answer. What I have learned through multiple friends, a lot of coming from Taryn, (laughs) but multiple friends, um, is that it is very important. Me, I see the end and the answer. So why, why, why go through all of the whole conversation about it when I know what we need, what needs to happen for a lot of people, it's very important that they verbalize and banter back and forth and brainstorm and walk you through the entire thing because that's really helpful for them. Yeah. So what it comes down to is do you love the person enough to sit there and listen to the whole thing even though you have the answer in your yeah. head or not? If mm-hmm. they're a friend that you care for, then I think they deserve for you to be able to sit there, listen to the entire thing, hold your tongue, listen yeah. to the whole thing and then give the answer that you maybe knew from the very beginning but like you need if you love them then you need to be able to sit there through it yeah if you're not feeling any type of way then maybe you're maybe you're not really friends maybe you're more of acquaintances and maybe it's it would be really helpful for you to put them in a different category and realize that you know yeah like I mean maybe maybe there are some friendships I know like when you go into a different chapter in life, like sometimes people don't follow you to that chapter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. But I think, you know, maybe you need to do, since your priority is just on your kid, maybe you need to get involved in groups or like start to make friends with other moms. Or like, I, I think like I love kids and I specifically like work with kids zero to five. So a lot of my friends who have kids, like I'll go over and they're like, I'm so sorry. Like when their kid's screaming or like we're in the middle of a conversation and the kid comes up to me and is like, blah, 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 and like I have to talk to them. And I'm always like, don't apologize. Like I love this. Like yeah. I would rather hang out with kids than adults anyways. So I think like, you just need to find the people that mesh well with like what you have going on. And then the people that don't mesh well with that are the people that you need to find times where you can break away and mm-hmm. like go see them in other times. But mm-hmm. I think right now you, you have it within you. You obviously are like, what's wrong with me? I don't think, I don't think you're a selfish person because of how much you're putting your life and focus onto your kid. That right there is like, not selfish your priorities have just changed so I think now it's gonna be like okay like I've had I've I've birthed this child I've come up with this thing I think that could be a reason to like for your postpartum anxiety is because you have so much attached to just your your kid and your routine and all this stuff that the separation feels like I can't do that which like is a freaking such a valid thing that so many moms go through Mm -hmm. So I think that you just need to start to like prioritize other things and and it might not start to happen till he gets old enough to start going to school and that's okay but I think that you're writing this in because you're like I I need I need a shift even yeah. though I don't think I want it. Yeah. And I, I think, think the that's shift the first sounds step. Sounds scary, mm-hmm. but you know deep down that you need it. 
Yeah. But um, I also would like, I mean, start to like verbalize this, you know, like mm -hmm. I think right now you have a lot of shame attached to this, which is why you said you wanted to be anonymous, which like obviously like we're a safe space for that. But um, I would start to talk about it. Like I noticed that even with Vanessa, my sister-in-law, like she would go through certain things and she would straight up say like no one talks about this like mm -hmm. as a mom like no one talks about how hard this is or that this is a possibility and so i think we need more like beautiful strong independent women that are like life is not all rainbows yeah. and bubbles I'm an open like, book. yeah like it sometimes i i struggle with this and i don't care about what everyone else thinks because i'm focused on me and my kid and like yeah. that's okay too so i think you need to like detach from any shame that's attached to that and then start to just talk to people and prioritize forcing yourself into scenarios to to weed out like this is not of interest to me anymore or wow that was actually really fun like I need to start making this a regular thing yeah I think this is a really exciting season for you because now you get to just kind of play around and see what sticks yeah you know you can try a few things um, if it's a no-go scratch it off your list, move down to the next thing. It's not a personal thing if it doesn't work out. Um, but once you find that thing, I think you're going to, I think you're going to thrive. Yeah. And start time. Like for me, like, will there be an episode where I don't bring up Legos? I don't know. But for me, like even that, like it's something I do by myself and it's, but it's something that I do because I genuinely want to, and it makes me happy. So yeah. even if all these things sound big, like I, I feel like people don't, get how like the tiny steps are just as important so yeah. even if it literally is you saying to your husband like hey I'm gonna go drive and get out of my car and walk in to get coffee somewhere and I'll be right back mm -hmm. like even like tiny things that you do can start snowballing into something bigger you know yeah I mean I've been working from home for a really long time and one of the things that me and my sister differ on dramatically is Alicia my sister can sit at home and edit all day long and not feel any type of way about it. Yep. I will go crazy. I don't like it. So uh, very early on, I learned that uh, a quick coffee run dramatically changes yeah. my day. I just need to see people and I need to get out of yep. the house and I need to get outside at some point, whether yep. it's me sitting outside and you know journaling or with my coffee for 10 minutes mm -hmm. in the backyard or um, you know, walking to coffee, maybe like s something so simple and short dramatically changes my mood and I work better and I am more effective at what I do when I do that. Yeah. So I guarantee you the same thing's going to work with parenting yeah. and in your family. If you allow yourself that 15 minute getaway, that 15 minute go sit by yourself in complete silence, you know, I guarantee you, you're going to be, be in a better mood to more efficiently and effectively care for your family. Yeah. Yeah. Prioritize Put yourself that even on five first. minutes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I hope this helped. I hope like I we, feel like we nailed that. I, I mean, you know not to sound too cocky, Sometimes but... like I start talking for so long that I forget like what I originally was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna hope that the message was beautiful. You know what I used to do at the top of this podcast? I used to have a notepad and oh, I would I used jot to draw down notes thoughts. too. Like lawyers, but and I, I kind of stopped. That's why people keep coming back because I think they can tell we just are like genuinely just sitting like and talking. genuinely just like brainstorming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anonymous. You got this, and hug that little mama's boy for us. Cute. I hope. Oh, 
I pray, I pray. I want boys. Like, I'm made to be a boy mom. Mm, I see that. So, first gotta find a <laughs> Can't guy. Wait for your little girl. <laughs> to be able to. Oh my gosh, I know. But she's gonna be just like me. She's oh gonna be like God. a weird little. <laughs> Okay, moving on to my story. This one is titled Baby Daddy Drama. No. Oh, no. Okay. Getting into it. Hi, Taryn and Ashley. I'm a new listener of the podcast, and you two ladies make my nine-to-five job filled with laughter and smiles. So thank you so much for that. I love it. We had like a freaking day one and a new listener. Yeah. Perfect. This is amazing. Um, uh, she adds, I would like to say anonymous, please. I'm going to give you some details of my current situation and give a little explanation of how I got into the situation so you can have a better understanding before you give your wisdom. Oh, we'll give it. She adds in parentheses, you guys are wise beyond your years. So if you read this on the pod, I'll be excited to hear your point of view. Stop gassing us up so much. Jeez. My, my face, giant smile. (laughs) Um, Okay, she writes, I am a 26-year-old mom of two. I had my firstborn at 22 and my second at 24. Truthfully, both of my pregnancies were not planned, but I am so beyond grateful for my beautiful children. Their father and I were both 21 when I became pregnant and we were only dating for about about a year, which honestly is not very long. I ignored red flags about him before. And even after we had our first and second born, the longer I stayed in this relationship, the more unhappy I became. Mm. He would constantly gaslight me, lie about small things for no reason, blame me for him not being happy, as well as call me names. Mm -mm. Um, We'll put a pin right there. um, (laughs) Pin right there. No. I finally had enough and ended the relationship when my second child was only 10 months old. This was very hard as he told me I was, quote, pulling our family apart and made me feel extremely guilty. Now here we are one and a half years later and he is still trying to gaslight me and is constantly disagreeing with me. Even after saying all this, I can't deny that my children are obsessed with their dad because even though he was not a good partner to me, he's still an amazing father and I will never say otherwise if we do not get even if we do not get along the thing i'm struggling with is i can't get away from my toxic ex because he is the father of my children and the person i co-parent with on an everyday basis my question is how to move on from my toxic ex when i'm going to have to communicate with him for the rest of my life oh my gosh. and what should i do about him still acting toxic towards me She adds, I'm at a loss. I just want to move on and live a happy life with my babies. Any advice is appreciated. Love Anonymous. Ouch, man. Oof. This is, this is a lot. And I'm very excited to hear Taryn's perspective. I do want to just take a moment and recognize that the decision that you made was a very hard decision. Um, But I'm very proud of you. For standing up for yourself. I think a lot of um, women in these situations feel stuck and don't have the strength to make this type of decision to to prioritize yourself in that relationship. 
um, and stand up for yourself. And I think that's really amazing that you were able to do that. Um, it is a bummer that he's in your life for the you can't get away from that. I mean, it's it literally is the thing that like can tie you to a person forever. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that is that is super unfortunate. I, I love that he's a great father. So that mm-hmm. that is nice. <laughs> Um, that's a plus that's a huge plus and I I feel like what you must be struggling with is it must be hard to want to stand up for yourself and make it clear to your kids that it's not okay for their father to treat you that way while also wanting to protect their image of their father yeah that's what I was gonna say I think it's I mean obviously I agree with Ash that it took a lot of like courage and strength to do this but I think a lot of times like it's not it's not even that women like don't feel the strength it's that they feel like that pressure of Mm -hmm. like for their I can't break my family up for this and you obviously married the person for a reason so you're fighting to like hope that that person comes back and you know, like, unfortunately, a lot of people have different traumas or things in their childhood that that skew your your vision of what you deserve and what is right or wrong. And so you can kind of like fall into the trap of thinking that's OK behavior or things like that. So, I mean, that's like a whole other topic. And I think I think there's something powerful. And, and I know that your kids are not old enough to understand this mm-hmm. now. But I think there's something powerful in showing them that it's not okay to stay in a relationship where you're being mistreated. Mm -hmm. And I think that though that makes it hard on, you know, like the traditional family being broken up. Right. I don't I know so many people who have grown up in families with separated parents that are beautiful, strong, stable humans. And then I know others that it's been hard for them, but it's also just a part of their story. So I think that someday you having that conversation of, you know, I I I know you guys love your dad and I loved your I love him too, but there were things that weren't okay that I had to make sure that I made a choice for myself, which I mean that I can't even approach what that conversation should look like because I right. can't relate to right. that personally. But um, that is so it's so hard and it's so because there's things you can do right. Like you can you can have it to where any con- any communication is just strictly between. Um, I don't fully know all this stuff, but I know there's a lot of like when there's like divorce, like you can have like a child advocate like mm-hmm. through basically like Like a middleman yeah like so it's more of like that person that is like going in between you and and your husband or ex but um it's just I mean it's just tricky it's such a hard thing to navigate but I do think that he still is having too much access into how you're living your life so if he can't respect that boundary of like hey we're only discussing stuff between the kids. And if you talk to me inappropriate, like the conversation's over, then I'm just saying there are other steps that you can take if you want to take like a legal route. But that's, again, opens up doors for other stuff too. So it's just hard. Yeah, I we talk about this all the time on the podcast, but I think what needs to happen is we need to start drawing 
lines, Mm -hmm. some boundaries in the relationship. Um, And here's where I think it would be really helpful. I think the next time he talks to you like that, I think what's really easy and what's the most beneficial way to talk to people like this is to not react and not overreact, but stay very calm and say, don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Like very simple, very short, easy to understand and digest comments that call out what he's doing. Yeah. Don't don't raise your voice to me and allow. I think that's okay. Things like that, those short, very, you know, stand up for yourself little phrases I think that's good for your kids to see you say that yeah um I know um a few people in my life who left their husbands um and I was able to watch them during this process as a kid and um I think it was actually really beneficial for me to sit and listen to you know my mom and this other woman talk about reasons why she left her husband because I obviously I was a lot older (laughs) first of all I want to say that I was like I think 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. um so at a much more like understandable age but I obviously didn't hear all all the details but like my mom would allow me to hear parts or she would explain parts to me like he was hurting her and that's not okay and she would make it very clear, like, he would say things to her that were not okay. And it's okay that she said this or stood up for herself or left because he was not being yeah. a good husband. And I think it's really important for children to hear that it's okay to stand up for yourself. Um, I'm Just coming from a purely female perspective, um, I think it's I think it's necessary for young girls to hear that it's okay to stand up and say no, that's not all right, mm-hmm. and to and to even leave to prove a point that you cannot be talked to in this way, you can't yeah. be treated in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I obviously your kids are younger, and and we don't want that um, to affect how they view their father. But I do think if you start drawing those lines now between the two of you, then maybe one day when they're older you'll be able to firmly, you know, respond and that line will already be there. Yeah. Hopefully. No, yeah, I think it needs to be, like Ash was saying, like a very, if you're talking to him and you're like, hey, um, you know, are you picking up so-and-so at this time? And then he responds with like, oh, why? So you can go like hook up with guys and like blah, 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 and starts just like saying all this stuff for you to have very quick, like redirectional statements that are like, that is not productive to the conversation. Um, I need to know the time you're picking up and that's all I'm interested in talking about and like move on. Yeah. But also like I had a really close friend who I watched go through a very toxic relationship and she was so, I, I really admired how much she was able to disconnect from like, he would say all this stuff, like was fully a narcissist, was just like very toxic, put her through so much. And she would just sit through and just be like, okay. And I'll I'll make sure the girls get to you at this time and like whatever. But then there came a point where I remember telling her because she was so worried about protecting the kids from seeing the side of their dad that what was happening was 
they were like, well, dad's the best and you're the worst because you're putting all this structure on us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the dad wouldn't pay for anything and they couldn't go to their dance lesson because she was having to pay for everything from him. He wasn't pitching in child support. And when he wouldn't split something, they'd have to cancel. It was always her fault. And so I remember coming to a point where I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I respect that you're hiding all of this from your kids and they're not old enough to understand certain things. But at some point, he needs to be responsible for the decisions he made, too. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to go into all these details, but at what point is being able to say, like, hey, I know that you want to do this. And right now, me and your dad have a partnership and we have to do 50-50. And if he's not helping, I can't do the whole thing. And it's not you tearing apart his character or whatever, but... At some point, I think you hiding so much, so like you're the one getting beat up and dad is just this glorified person all the time, mm-hmm. is not necessarily healthy either. Yeah. So, and obviously, like me and Ash are not parents, we're not like professionals. So, this is something I think anything that has to do with kids, there should be thousands of hours of thought put into decisions made that are going to affect them. Mm -hmm. So you should be talking to your parents. You should be talking to people you trust that know your situation to a T because that's something I don't know. Like, is he being toxic in front of them? Because that to me is a a very big line that's being crossed to where, yeah. Hard no. So I don't know what legal stuff you have for custody. I don't know, you know, like, are you keeping track of all of the incidents that happen? Because that's something you might need in a future date if things get out of control. So obviously there's so much we don't know, but I think that you need to be the healthiest person that you can be. And I think that you've already made this split. So now you need to form your foundation and fact of the matter is the only thing that you need to talk to him about is the whereabouts of your kids the exchange times for when he gets them or not when he should be at an event and that's it everything else is none of his business there needs to be a clear line drawn and if that can't be that can't be facilitated just between the two of you then that's when you need to like look for other supports yeah and I agree with Taryn I think um there's a very fine line of protecting the, the father figure image for your children and then creating this perfect image, which I think is in the long run almost more detrimental because there is no perfect father yeah. and there is no perfect man or yeah. woman and allowing your kids to think that dad is this amazing person when when he's not yeah. um, is only going to hurt them in the long run. Um, and I, I think it'll give them this false sense of, oh, you know, yeah. there is, you know, d- dad's perfect when he's just clearly not. And yeah. that's that's not that's not OK, because that's going to harm them when it comes to them creating their own family one day yeah. or finding their own future spouse one day. Um, but when it comes to the boundaries that we are going to be drawing for ourselves, um, I I'm not good at standing up for myself like on the spot. I'm not good at coming up with quick responses to stuff like this and what would help me the most would be I would sit down think of all of the things that he he typically throws at you and write down a whole list of little remarks and little comments that will firmly draw a line that will firmly stand up for yourself and and put him in his place and make it clear that it's not okay and just kind of like 
read over it a few times so that the next time he says something snarky like oh are you gonna go is it because you you have a date tonight or or are you hooking up with guys or whatever snarky remark he has you'll already have your response planned out and ready and it's okay if you say the same response every single time i think that'll only reiterate the point that it's none of his business yeah and i think we need to normalize like parents having conflicts in front of kids even like i know like I think it should be intentional and I think there's a difference from toxic unhealthy fighting and like there should be things that are shielded from your kids Mm -hmm. but I think that's good for kids to see and even some of the teachers like I work with I'm always telling them like if you're in a bad mood verbalize that and and show your kids like be like you know what like Miss Taryn is so sad right now because this happened today and I didn't like it and mm. it made me mad. And yeah. now I need to take some deep breaths to calm down and and like it show kids examples of like, I'm feeling this and I don't like it. Or yeah. if I'm having a conflict with you, like I don't like that you said that and you apologizing and us like talking about it and yeah. showing healthy conflict resolution versus like, oh, nothing ever happens and I don't know how to like communicate in these situations. So I think there's times to say, you know, like, mommy, why are you sad? Well, daddy said something to me and it really hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And and I don't like when he talks like that. So it made me sad. And I'm I need to make sure to tell him he can't talk to me like that. You know, like there's ways to make it small bite size to where kids can understand it and still feel safe in the process. Yeah. But you can um, say daddy hurt my feelings without going into detail. And it's okay for your kids to hear that daddy hurt your feelings because yeah. daddy is human, just like mommy is human. Yeah. And they're going to make mistakes. No, you fully. know. Yeah. But, um, oof, I just want to say I have so much respect for mm-hmm. all the moms out there. Yeah, this was I a think, mom episode. Yeah, I think moms are so, um, they're just like very hidden heroes. And I think they do so much that is not acknowledged. So I just want to say that we love you all and we are here to support in any way we can. And obviously, like, I think support systems are so, so important. So for both our anonymous writers and anyone listening, make sure you guys are reaching out and finding those people to talk about everything with, even the bad stuff, because sometimes we hide it, and I don't think that's healthy. So we love you guys. Yes, we really do. But yeah, reach out to people. Thank you so much for writing in, Anonymous. killing it. I know so many people are relating to this in so many ways. Honestly, female, male, like... The whole parent problem, the all of this is very relatable. And I know I know you're you're speaking to a wide audience right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, to um wrap this up, can I end with a dad joke? Please do. I had a nightmare that I drowned in an ocean of orange soda. <laughs> but thankfully it was just a fantasy. Oh my god. <laughs> That was so good. That was so good. Oh, well, I love me some orange soda. Anyways, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for writing. You're our favorites. If you listen to the dad joke, we love you the most. Yeah. Um, Be sure to send us all of your scary stories for our October series, which is coming up shortly. Follow us on all the socials. Taryn and I have been super active on Instagram lately. So follow us there. Hang out with us there. Chat with us there. And we'll talk soon. Yes. Love Love you. you. Bye. Bye.